Hello and welcome to Ventient Energy's Climate of Change podcast. I'm Sam Ballard and I'll be your host for this episode of DEI Unplugged. DEI Unplugged, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Unplugged is our series focusing on getting a better understanding of real-life diversity challenges at work so that we can help organisations become more inclusive and equal. Today, I'm joined by Tony Crombie and Nikki Cuff, who both work on our UK asset management team. We're going to be looking at aspects of generational diversity and the opportunities and challenges that that can present. Nikki recently joined Ventient as an asset manager, while Tony has been with the company since the start and is one of our regional asset managers. They're from different generations, and I'm interested in finding out how or whether that plays into different dynamics in the team on the operational side, but also around the wider aspects of team building, communications and general approach. It's a tricky topic to take on, so let's see what we can uncover. So, Tony, Nikki, hi, and welcome to Climate of Change podcast. Hello. Uh, it's good to have you both here. Um, this is an experiment or an experimental episode for us because we're recording this remotely from two different locations. So we're hoping that everything goes to plan and that the results are, are good and we can carry on doing this kind of thing. But yeah, you are the guinea pigs for us on this experiment. So no pressure to, to perform at all. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, thanks for coming along, guys. We're we're talking today, so this is an, a DEI Unplugged episode, and we're talking today about generational diversity in the workplace. So we're going to be talking a little bit about managing differences between employees of different generations. So I think the first relevant question is a little bit about yourselves. We'll just introduce you so that people know who we're talking to, and that's going to include your ages, the generations you're from, I guess, so that that puts some context to all of this. So Nikki, you're asset manager on the team North in Ventin Energy in the UK, and Tony, you're the regional asset manager for the North. Do you just want to introduce yourselves briefly? On you go. Age before beauty. <laughs> beauty before age. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Nikki, as you said, asset manager in the North. I've started with Ventin in June this year, so not too long now. Still trying to find my feet and get there, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm Tony Crombie. I'm regional asset manager for the North region. So Nikki's one of the guys that works with me to make sure everything works as best as possible in the North with regards to the, the, the wind farms we have, the assets that we have on the wind farm, whether it's the turbines or the balancer plant. And looking at the notes that we've been given, I just scrape in as a baby boomer because I was born in 63. So the mathematicians out there can do the math. And Nikki, as we were talking about this earlier before we came in, I've discovered is the same age as my daughter, all by a month, or, or they're a month apart. Mm-hmm. So um, oh, wow. they're both the same age, bar a month. You think you're a, a month younger or older? Born, born in 1990, so a millennial. 1990, millennial. Yeah. millennial, okay. Well, I sit in between the two of you, so I'm, I'm Generation X because I'm born in 76, so we, we've got three in a row there we're just missing a gen z and would we would be complete but i think that might be a bit too much to hope for at the moment but so you guys are on the same team nikki you said you just joined in june this year tony how long have you been with with ventient oh i've been with ventient since its creation coming from infinite as it was uh, well i joined Infinis in 2016 after a stint with natural power and in 2017 ventient was created the name was changed so, in fact, October the 16th or the 18th is my work anniversary. So I've been here 
whatever that is, seven years, I think. Yeah, seven years. Okay, great. And where would you both say you are at the moment in terms of, of your careers? Because that's also going to put some context, I think, on then the other stuff that we're going to go and, and talk about afterwards. Yeah, so I would say I'm still early, early on in my career. Still got a lot of years to work, <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, Tony, in terms of your career, I mean, in the industry, how long have you been in the industry for? Uh, so I came into renewables in 2007 after a full career in the military in the RAF where I did 27 years as an aircraft engineer. I got to that point in my military career where I thought I'm going to go before I get pushed. I was still young enough to start a second career. So I, although I, you know, I could retire if I wanted to, I don't, don't feel as though I, I want to at the moment. I still feel as though I have something to offer. And certainly with regards to this company, I've got, yeah, I think I've got a few good years in me yet. So um, I'd like to say I'd, with regards to career progression, I don't think I'm, I'm comfortable where I am. I think the role might diversify, change slightly, but I don't think I can't see me going up another level. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm thinking as well along the lines of, because obviously renewables is, let's say, a fairly young industry. Yep. Generally speaking, I mean, okay, yeah, renewable technology has been around for for a fair while now, but actually, as an industry, you know, we we it always tends to kick off very quickly, grow very fast. We've got new technologies developing all the time, and in terms of you know even Ventint's business, we're moving into different areas now, adding solar to to the wind farms that we have, for example, in Portugal and Spain. So it, it's changing quite a lot, and it's always been an industry that's changed quite rapidly. So I'm interested to to know your take on that from both of you a little bit. You know how that as different generations, how you approach that. Uh, because obviously conscious that, you know, I know my experience of growing up and, and studying and learning. And I can remember I got my my first email address when I went to university. There there was no email around, you know, before that I can remember mobile phones coming out. And, uh, <laughs> and now, of course, who doesn't have a mobile phone in their hand all the time, almost it's a constant. So there's a lot of change in technology in our lives, a lot of change in technology and so on that we're working with on the wind farms and I'm guessing you have maybe different approaches to that and to to those changes. Yeah, so speak from for myself. I should have probably went into a bit of detail about how long I've been in wind and stuff. So I started in wind in twenty fourteen. So although I'm quite early on in my career, it's still nearly ten years that I've worked in within the industry. I started off as a technician, been a lead tech supervisor, health and safety, and now asset manager so I've been kind of quite a few different roles within the industry a lot of different experience with different scales of businesses as well so I would say from a technical perspective like the the technology is a lot more advanced now with, with turbines and than what it was when I started and everything progresses year on year so it all depends what, what wind farms you're working on what technology you're working at so it's quite diverse, I would say, the, the experience. And we have quite a, a range, I suppose, of ages of, yeah, yeah. of the wind farms in our portfolio as well. So there's going to be differences even there across the wind farms. Yeah, so so my three sites I look after is Ardross and Akruik and Ben Glass wind farms. And uh, Ben Glass is probably one of the oldest in the UK. And then you've got Akruik, which is around seven years old. So there's, there's a big difference between between the turbines and the technologies on the sites. And do you think there's, a, so the, I suppose the question, the interesting question for me here is, if, is there a difference in, in the way the two of you approach that, which maybe isn't something you've 
even discussed before, it just happens, I guess, naturally in the day-to-day. -day. Something changes, the technology changes, you're, you're given something new to learn, something new to look at, and, and you have to get familiar with it and then move on. Are, do you think there are differences in your approaches to that? Is it easier or harder, depending on... I think, yeah, there's a real, a real difference. When Nicky first started with us, you know, he had a lot of new systems and procedures to, to take on board. And just, you know, the way we do things, obviously he was used to using similar systems, I would say, within his previous employment. But there's an obvious generational ability or acceptance of anything, you know, that involves a tablet or a phone or a computer system, whether it's Excel or, you know, latest version of Excel or, or Power BI or, or any of these things. Generally, I've noticed that the younger and, you know, from a family experience as well with my daughter and even my grandkids, you know, they can pick up a phone or a tablet and, and fly around it where somebody that's not so familiar with it might be at my um, age, might not be so slick with it if they're not, you know, if they're not used to using that sort of equipment. So, you know, the technology's changed hugely over the last sort of 13 years or so. You know, the, the turbines are getting enormous now. You know, we're up at sort of five and six megawatt machines. So the actual technology on the turbines has changed greatly. I mean, the basics are still the same, but, you know, the technology has improved. And the way we do and monitor and inspect and test, they've all, all come on as well, you know, to make life smarter and more, or the data more collectible and readable. So it's not all, it's not all paper. Everything's, you know, everything's now on a portal somewhere that you can access via a, a link as opposed to being a, in a book on the site. That's what I'm, I'm trying to get to. Is it is it making things easier? Do you think are we are we starting to drown in data? Maybe for me, it definitely makes things easier because all the information's at your fingertips. So if I wanted to know about a turbine's history and it was all in site folders, and you would have to go to the site and sift through paperwork to find things out. Whereas now you can just go on SharePoint or Teams or anything like that and and get the information straight away. Even now, to the point where we're looking at AI where we, mm. we are predicting before it happens what we think is going to go wrong with the turbines based on historical data. You, you know, like a doctor would go, if you go into the surgery and he's looking at your records sure. and says, yeah, 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 well, I think it's this. Well, it's same, same principle. You know, we can do the same sort of diagnostics on turbines or predicting on turbines for faults that may occur when we see a, a certain set of parameters reached. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely always changing evolving the technology and i guess i guess that changes in the day-to-day -day as well in terms of, of even of how you guys probably communicate amongst yes. yourselves and then are sharing that workload out and like you say you don't necessarily have to be on site for everything anymore you've got a chance to to do things remotely you've got a chance to split that and work on the same thing together if, if that's the case in the team because you can you say you work on a document online now and things that which previously wasn't an option Maybe still isn't all the time because uh, we do that too in the comms team and it's often awkward, but... <laughs> yeah, one of the frustrations I find is we have that that many channels of communication, whether it's Teams, WhatsApp, email, a phone call, a text message. Somebody said, oh, yeah, I sent you that. And you'll just say, well, Christ, what did you, was it an email? Was it text? Was it Teams? Where do I start <laughs> bloody looking? That's a downside of it or a frustration if you don't manage... The systems, and that was almost, I was always going to say that to one of our colleagues. You know, we should have a protocol as to relate it to importance level. What 
WhatsApp's chit chat, you know, Teams is a bit more important, email's important, and then, you know, have a sort of hierarchy of communication. Is that something you notice changing? Is your preferred method of communication completely different to Nikki's or, or, you know, to others in the team who sort of fall somewhere in the middle, maybe? I think it's probably a personal thing. It's good that there is so many methods of communication because you can get an answer and a response, like, instantly. So if you've got a really an important issue that you need uh, feedback on straight away you can you can basically reach out to anyone and get it so it's, it's good in that respect i do think it can be overwhelming at times when you've got so many people come to you from so many different directions but and the bigger the team probably the worse it is as well <laughs> yeah. i would imagine because uh, you've got yeah, all those options it's just managing that but it, it does it does lend itself to because some of the, the wind farms we have are quite remote you can't get a phone signal but you can get a text mm-hmm. you might not have a phone signal but you'll have wi-fi so it is an advantage at times but yeah like, uh, yeah well, i agree with what you say you know you get a text message or whatsapp or whatever all asking the same question mm-hmm. because the, somebody doesn't get an instantaneous answer yeah yeah i see the same thing you know um, not work related at all but i see the same thing with my with my kids i have a an 18 year old and a 16 year old and you know they have I don't know how many social media accounts and, and whatnot. They use social media in a completely different way <laughs> to the way I do. You know, I, I would see WhatsApp as the chat. They don't chat on WhatsApp. They're chatting on, you know, just, I've had to download new apps just to get their attention <laughs> to be able to talk to them. So, yeah, and, and stuff that I didn't even know that these things could do. So I see it outside the office. I mean, I'm, I can imagine it's it's something that, that does happen internally as well. One of the things that I have noticed, so this year, each of the asset managers across the UK, as well as the Rams, we each got given these nice top-of-the-range iPads for work use. And I would say it's noticeable how quickly sort of Nicky's, I mean, I don't know if you've got one anyway, but, you know, how quickly you've adopted it as a main point of doing everything rather than just the laptop and where I will say some of the other members of the team have been less less engaging with it. It's a sort of, okay, I'll, I better use it. I've been giving it a sort of a program. Right. But I really do think that's down to age. And, well, I've got a laptop. I know how to work it. Why do I need this? But it, it, it does. It's complicating the issue rather than. Yeah, it does a lot more than just be a laptop. And do, and do you have any then, um, you talked about, you know, maybe we should have a protocol for, you know, if you need something urgent, you use this. And if it's general communication that can you know, it could be answered later in the week or something. It can go through this channel and whatnot. Do you see issues when you're talking about adopting something like an iPad there? But I guess, you know, the software and things changes as well. Maybe over time that you're using to, to monitor the wind farms and whatnot, there are advances in that too. Do you see differences then in, in the way that the two of you and, and others in the team take to those changes too? Is it is it difficult, for example, to, to get that across to the whole team in the same way? I can only really speak from my experience, but the technology on different turbine platforms is totally different. I've worked on quite a few different different platforms and and got experience on, on working with different systems. And I would say you get a lot more advanced systems on some some turbines compared to others. And the more you use more advanced systems and the more systems you use, the more you get used to using all different systems. So it just comes kind of easily when something else gets put in because you're, you're used to change and you're used to, to working on different things. So I'd say that's my kind of approach and the way I see it. And yep. I, can, I can still remember when the internet first started, like dial-up broadband, and when someone phoned the house phone, you would get kicked off the internet. So I'm young, but I still do remember the early days of the internet, and 
I would say the generation I'm from, like, is probably the only generation that's going to have a foot in both sides of the of the technology advancements. I would say until our technology now will one day be very basic compared to what's what's in the future as well. So I would say in years to come, I'll be working on the systems that we're using now, and my my wee boy will be using stuff that will be so much more advanced that I'll be puzzled when I look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I guess that's because it, it does keep changing, doesn't it? And it keeps going faster and faster. And I suppose that's another question maybe to ask as well is, you know, you, you talk about, you know, you've adopted technology and it changes and you're used to seeing it change and so on. And But as you move forward, maybe then you become the, you know, the, the older generation and the younger generation are moving at an even greater pace again. And, and you find yourself moving across that cycle. So it's it's interesting because you know, having been with Ventient from the start, we've seen various changes along the way, whether it's a new CEO or, you know, a merger with Ebowind or upcoming events. And each time it's, well, as I mentioned, you know, I had a military background and you moved around a lot. So you were used to change. You were used to meeting new people. And it was always, although you were doing the same job, there were different ways of doing the same job at a different location. So there's always differences and nuances, but you always had that that change and you knew you were going to change every two or three years and you just accepted it and got on with it and you you learned good ideas. You know, I, I remember having a young lad come and start working with me on working on aircraft and I'd been doing the same job for X amount of years and he came in and he says, oh, have you tried it this way? And I was like, I never thought of that. It was a simple little thing. I was like, wow, you know, yeah, light bulb moment. I thought, I mean, I've been doing it the wrong way for all these years. But um, yeah, I think there there is resistance to change. Uh, I don't I don't mean within the, the sort of team, but I think you get to a point in your life where you just think, yeah, we're we're reinventing the wheel here. You know, been there, got the got the t shirt, got the record with certain certain things. But I mean, yeah, obviously, technology just keeps keeps evolving. But you, you touched on an interesting point there as well because you mentioned uh, you know young lad coming in and. Have you tried it this way? Which is what we're calling reverse mentoring yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're used to obviously mentoring, you know, somebody who's been on the job for 20 years, in comes the new graduate or, or whatever, and there's the, the experienced person then giving them the advice. But I suppose with the technology as well that we've got and the way that that's changing, adapting, there's also the chance, maybe more so than, than previously, now for that to go the other way. And like you say, somebody to come in and, you know, as a graduate and be able to say, hey, have we thought about this? Because you know, using this software or maybe this this kind of approach, which wasn't part of your thinking before, it can go the other way. We do have that. You know, you don't see the wood for the trees. Yeah, and the obvious, the, an obvious easier way of doing it might be not to be so complex and technical or IT reliant or, you know, um, yeah, 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 I get what you're saying, yeah. Is it something you see in the team or, or maybe even around the other teams that that, that you can you can see that happening. Is it something that actively is is, is pursued, or and we do? I mean, I guess you, you I know you have the, the regular meetings and so on. So I imagine there's talk, and then it's yeah. So I mean, it just sort of picking up on the change theme. I think it's sort of linked in. I mean, Nikki's been with us since June, and so we had one guy leave. He he retired, and Nikki was brought on as to fill that head count that was missing. Uh, and he wasn't a direct replacement, so we've put Nicky in another part of Scotland and we've rejigged the whole region to make up for that. Now, that caused change. 
But then because of that change, we had different people going to the same wind farms, seeing things with different eyes and starting to look at things in a different way. And that has a benefit. I used to live in Hoik and there was a saying, it's, it's I been, it's always been that way. Well, that gets us out of that mindset and yeah. culture. And, and it's been good having, say, Nikki's come in, we've shaken things up a bit and we're starting to see things through different eyes at different wind farms. And yeah, it's, it's positive, a positive step. Definitely. And does that map into, I suppose, moving forward? You talked about somebody retiring there and coming in. And Nikki, obviously, you were saying, you know, you're fairly early on in your career. So we're looking at succession planning here as well. Is that deliberate thinking or is that Nikki just happened to be the right person for the job, for example, in this case, and um, and therefore we're taking on? Or is there a, th- a no, so, thinking as well that we want to be planning? Well, obviously, Nikki's sat opposite me here. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> he was the right, he was the right person yeah. for the we'll job. We'll get the right answer afterwards. <laughs> The only one that turned up. In fact, you didn't even turn up for your interview. You, yours were all no, done by teams. I know it was all done digitally. Yeah, <laughs> and this was this was post COVID as well. You could have been there in person. Yeah, yeah. No, you just couldn't be bothered coming to the interview. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. the the interviews two parts. So you've got your know, initial kind of introduction interview, and then you've got a face to face interview with with Tony and and uh, John for for the role that I applied for, and um, I ended up uh, getting chicken pox. Just before the interview, so yeah, that was that was a good experience. <laughs> so, but yeah, to come back to your question, so we do, or there will be in the future, other retirements in this region that I know of, and I, instead of doing a direct replacement again, I think we will have the opportunity to have another shuffle and move move the the headcount around and maybe redeploy the same people within the company onto other wind farms that they they're not used to just to realign the sort of sites where the asset managers so they're closer to them but also again it's that opportunity to have fresh eyes at these sites at these wind farms yeah we are thinking ahead you know as as guys i mean obviously you know we don't want to shove people out the door but there is a you know you get to a point where retirement isn't is the option you know, and so you've got to look ahead. You just can't wait until it happens. No, no, absolutely. It makes sense. Is it something you maybe feel or, or you've ever experienced some technology development, for example, maybe talking to you more now, Tony, that, that comes out and, you know, do you ever perceive that somebody's saying, you know, we'll give that to, to Nikki or to, to somebody Nikki's age because they're more likely to get to grips with it quicker or is that, does that not happen? Hopefully it doesn't happen here. I would say that's a, an unconscious thing. Yeah, exactly. Unconscious yeah, bias. So, that, yeah. and I would, you know, we could, talk until the cows come home about certain systems we use for finance within the company and the intricacies of that system. And some of the, I would say, certainly in the North, some of the guys that are doing, using that system are streets ahead of me and I will just let them get on with it. And I will go to them when I've got a question about it, because Mm. generally they, they can work their way around it better than I can. So that's maybe an unconscious delegation of sort of work to them that I could be doing myself. I do that too. I don't think that's a generational <laughs> thing necessarily. But <laughs> sort of sloopy shoulders. Just a, right. oh, can you just go and sort that out for me? Yeah. That's right. I think un- unconscious bias is yeah. a big thing. I mean, and obviously the name itself explains it. You know, it's not something that we're, we're doing deliberately necessarily, but there may be in the back of your mind. And here we're talking about generational, obviously diversity as opposed to between the sexes or, or religions or countries or anything like that. So... 
um, generationally, I don't think. Yeah, I'm just curious. I suppose to know if you do day to day. I would say, well, yeah, you're younger. You can go and do that. You're younger, fitter, stronger, whatever. There's nothing on a day to day basis that we do that I would. Or the other way around. Yeah, that I would expect the guys to do that I couldn't do. So, you know, we go and do turbine climbs. I'll go and do turbine climbs and, you know, everybody else does them. So it's not, you know, it's right. Okay. Yeah. Off you go. I'll, I'll, I'll watch from the bottom. Yeah. I guess it's a. Uh... It was a curiosity because um, um, it's an interesting one to, to see because it, it kind of plays in in two different ways. You know, I could imagine, you know, there's also a, a level of experience as well that will play a part in something like that, that maybe counteracts an ageism bias, potentially. You know, you, you may be thinking, yes, OK, in your case, you're older, therefore maybe not doing something. But then equally, you've got that much more experience and therefore maybe that counteracts it. I don't know. I, I think there's Nikki's an ex-tech. A turbine technician so it's it's really you know the tools for the the job and if if, if we're going to do a specific let's say walk down on a turbine i'd rather he was up there than me because he he's got a better understanding of what he's actually looking at i mean i've got a good idea with a sort of an engineer background but he'd, he'd have a better a more focused view on things and and see or potentially see where things aren't right that i might miss so it's it's a case of using the tools that you've got for the, the job that needs to be done but yeah I, I get where it could be a case of we won't let the young upstart do it we'll send the old sweat to do it instead because he's you know this particular piece piece of equipment's got a you know a certain way of being operated yeah that's interesting what you say as well because you know like you say a, a turbine climb or something and it could be a case of saying let's let's let the younger fitter guy potentially i presume <laughs> go, go up the turbine but actually you're saying in this case it would be you know it's the direct experience of, of of the background and the training and everything that that makes the difference. Not not the age. No, no. that's just a bonus. I've just passed my medical. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to be a difficult one. <laughs> How do you get two people in the room and not offend anybody? <laughs> We talked a little bit about communication. We talked a little bit about the technologies and, and how we interact with those and and sort of different adoption of those as well. And in terms of leadership as well, I, do you see differences between age-related differences, I'm thinking, between leadership styles, which can maybe tie back into communication and, I guess, potentially ethics and, and the way that you view the role as well? I wouldn't say. I would say it's still quite early doors for myself and the business and I haven't had the pleasure of working a lot with all the different departments because a lot of departments run side by side but they don't have too many like interactions especially with, with like the leadership of, of the different departments and things like that but for me I'd, like leadership's just kind of leading by example and and always being approachable and being open for, for people to jump to leave the room. <laughs> no, but I would say that's that's exactly the way the way Tony Tony is, and any time I've got an issue, he's, he's always really approachable and uh, really experienced and really really knowledgeable. So, have you again? Maybe not necessarily related directly to this role either, but you know, have either of you seen maybe the opposite of that in in someone much younger in a in a leadership role? I have experienced that that sort of thing from my time in in the RAF, where you'd have. If you're working on a, on one of the squadrons and you had a very junior engineering officer who's, who's gone through the whole 
system of how to be an officer and how to eat with a knife and fork and, you know, write a letter and all that sort of stuff. But they've got an engineering background. They've normally got an engineering degree of some sort. So they're not dull people, but the the actual style and, and how they communicate with, as it was then, older people within their team that were running running the different trades in the squadron or on the squadron, it was was yeah it was quite noticeable. Some would be very okay. I'm I'm the uh, I'm the boss. You do it this way, and that's it, sort of thing. And yeah, okay, yeah, all right, sir. We'll get on with that, and then just wait for the mistakes to start. And then you get another guy who would be, uh, what do you reckon, chief? What do you th- you know? What do you think? So there, you know, there's a sort of you do it my way, or we can talk about it and you know come to an agreement of the best way forward. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd seen that regularly through my RAF career, and it, it's. I would say it's it's been a good learning curve for me to see both sides of it and how how to and not to do something or approach something or communicate something. I mean, yeah, Nikki's. I mean, you're the youngest in the team across certainly in the north, but within the other departments, there are people of the similar age. You know, in the engineering department, and so we've obviously got a bit of a mixture within the engineering team, and you respect them from for the the knowledge that they have. It's what they bring to the team. It's not yeah. anything else. It's there because they, they're they there on merit, not not for anything else. I served my apprenticeship with like a small family business, so that was always kind of drilled into me from a young age that that's what you do. You, you leave a good job and you would never do something you wouldn't be happy with yourself. So, yeah, I, I think it's probably to do with, with your experience and, and how you've been, how you've came into your career, I would say. Yeah, and I guess that's that's kind of, I suppose that kind of ties in a little bit though as well. It, you talk about you know how somebody's been brought up. You know, I can see the way that I am as a parent, or you know, people younger than me are as a parent compared to how my parents were with with, with me. I see differences there, which then influence how I, you know, the way my parents were with me influences how I am with my children and going forward as well. Um, and I, I guess as well, the way society develops around you changes that too has that changed the way people's work ethic is you know between generations if, if you notice a difference in that but it sounds like from what you're saying it's more of a personal thing than a than a generational thing you're not seeing a, a sort of a sweep. I would say things just develop through the generations but it's the same stuff so like years ago when someone walked by a shop they wanted what was in the window it's just the same as watching tv and seeing something on an advert and wanting that straight away it's everyone's the same with the same pattern, it will just be the way it's getting to you is different. The method of it coming to you. So maybe not a generational thing, more of a yeah, a personality thing. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 a difficult one, I think. Guys, it's it's been great. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on and and have this chat today. I think there's been some good stuff, and it's definitely been an interesting interesting chat with you both. Good to see you. We'll catch up with you soon. Generational diversity is a difficult topic to cover. As we've heard, there are certainly aspects that play into the way we work, interact and behave generally in and out of the workplace. But much of that can also be attributed to societal changes and the way they shape a person rather than simply it being a question of age. Certainly, this is an area that seems to be less problematic than it might have been previously. And that comes across from talking to Tony and Nikki. I'm sure there's plenty more to unpack and to discuss. So if you want to be part of that discussion, please comment on this podcast or get in touch with us on social media. Ventient Energy is on LinkedIn and Twitter, and you can also like, subscribe, and if you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word. I've been Sam Ballard. 
As always, thank you for listening and we'll see you again on Climate of Change.